Good morning, Michael. Good morning, sir. How are you? Outstanding and terrific, but improving. It's the No Hissy Fit Zone, people. Episode 24. Two dozen, yeah. We're like young adults over here. Oh, sure. When were you at 24 years old? What were you doing? You know, uh, it's funny because you asked that because um, when I was 16, I would say... The question was, where were you when you were 24? Well, hold on. When I was 16, oh, we'll get say, there? this radio was playing my favorite song when I was 16, I'd say that. But when I was 24, I'd, I'd say, man, this bar is playing my favorite song. And now I say, this grocery store is playing my favorite song. The world of Muzak? Muzak, yeah. Wow. This elevator is playing my favorite song. So Tom Brady is back. Tom Brady is back. Are you happy about this? I am. You know, um, Jennifer Lopez only has to come up with two more rings to, to match him. Tom Brady, the only guy to move to Florida to unretire. Oh! <laughs> so, you know, when, when he uh, supposedly retired, right, the last, last um, touchdown pass that he threw. Um, Can you imagine? What did that guy buy that ball for? Over 500000 So this guy paid a half a million dollars for the ball that was Tom Brady's last touchdown pass. Yeah, and right and now, he comes that, back. now that guy feels a little deflated. Boom. Man, we're a minute and a half in. We got three of those sound effects already. That's amazing. Plus, I had a joke with no sound effects. It was good enough for a sound effect. So. <laughs> yeah, this is exciting. I do feel a little weird for that guy who bought all this memorabilia, and him and probably many others. Unless Tom Brady comes back and never throws another touchdown pass. You know something, though? What are the odds of that? I really don't understand it, to be honest with you. To pay over $500,000 for a ball? I just I don't get it. Maybe he's uh, thinking he's going to sell it and get more for it or something. I'm not sure. I don't know. People uh, got a lot of money. They get eccentric. They can buy whatever they want, you know? Uh. So this like morning, guitars. You know, you're a guitar player. You know the cost of some of these crazy guitars. I hear stories of band rehearsal all the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, this guitar, that guitar. Mike Campbell from Tom Petty's band bought a guitar. I don't know the history of the guitar. Joe does for $250,000. Wow. And Tom Petty's album, I think it was called Mojo, which was outstanding recent, like 10 or 12 years ago. Um, the entire album was kind of written around this guitar and its tone. Um, so there you go, a quarter million dollars for a guitar. I guess that makes more sense than twice that for a football. So one time I went to a yard sale or garage sale, whatever you want to call it. And the guy had a real nice uh, Les Paul no, I'm not Les Paul, I'm sorry, Gibson SG that he was selling. Mm -hmm. 350 bucks, but that was a nice guitar, man. I says, why are you selling it, though? You don't play anymore? He goes, nah, right now I'm in a situation where I don't have any money and I need to pay the electric bill so they don't shut it off. So it's one of those things where I have to do. I don't want to do it, but I have to. I said, well, look, hold on to it. I'm going to go to, to the bank. I'll be back with some cash. Wow. So I went over with some cash, and I gave him $500, not 350 And I said, here's the situation, buddy. Here's my number. You, you, as soon as you're ready to get it back from me, just give me a call. I'm not going to play it. I'm not going to do anything with it. And you come and get it and give me the money. And you know, it's, uh, it's we're even. 
So he said, oh, man, really? I says, yeah. He says, why would you do that? I says, because I'm a guitar player and I don't, uh, I wouldn't want to have to lose one like that. So um, anyway, a few months go by and he calls me one day and says, hey, Tony, this is so-and-so. I don't know if you remember me. You bought my um, SG at the uh, my yard sale. I says, yeah. He goes, is that deal still on? I says, absolutely. So we talked about a place to meet and I gave him the guitar and he gave me $500 back and he was happy as can be. That's a cool story. Yeah, this one deserves this. <laughs> I got to tell you once again, on my end, my timing was outstanding. I just got to tell you. It was great. I'm not sure what it's going to look like in the video, but it felt good to me. I got to figure out in a video how to speed up you by two seconds. <laughs> was it off by that much? Wow. No, it's not. So I got to stop participating because the viewership is going to look at me and go, this guy's got no time at all. So I got to stop participating in that little exercise. So what a crazy week I had. I went to see the foreigner. Yeah. And last night I went to see, uh, get the light I out. I got your text. I got your picture. You got to get the light out. Yeah. You know what happened though? When I was, was walking over to, to the place, I saw this guy that I know that uh, has played guitar with me for a few times. And uh, he's telling me, hey, um, I'm not going to mention his name, but um, one of the guys from your band is here. I says, oh, I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I'm going to skip that. But somehow he told my, my buddy from the band, my ex-buddy, that... Um, I was there, so he comes over with his girlfriend, and they're both drunk as skunks, and he's like hugging me, but like like hugging me. Uh, this is I, a member of the band coming over to hug you. Yeah, and I didn't want that. I said, "Hey, man, leave me alone. I don't want to be hugged by you right now. Just leave me alone. I'm here to see the band. I don't." Just come on, man. I love you. And he's trying to hug me again, but it was like it was like a belligerent, drunk a hole. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wouldn't leave me alone. So probably about twenty times after that, I actually pushed him. I shoved him away from me. I said, "Stop touching me." I don't want to talk to you and I don't want you to touch me, please. But he still wouldn't get it. So finally, after about half an hour of this bullshit, I had to move to another location because I couldn't deal with him anymore. Just a total, total drunk, belligerent a-hole. I just I couldn't, I don't know why. It's crazy stuff, huh? Then Which um, instrument in the band did he play? Who is it? Drums. Okay. Nice guy, but yeah. he, he always drinks way too much and smokes way too much weed and just... Uh, Yesterday, just he hit me the wrong way, man. I was like, wow. Yeah. Well, listen, this is a pretty fresh wound, so I get that. Well, and who was it? You got, a mutual, you got a mutual friend who was there who said, hey, there's a guy from the band. He, he knows both of you? No, they came together, yeah. Okay. But when he saw me coming in through the gate, he came over to say hi to me. He said, hey, Tony, nice to see you, man. I said, oh, thanks. He says, hey, uh, so-and-so is over here. He says, yeah, I'm not a fan right now. I don't want to talk to him. Right. So I kind of tried to kind of avoid it, but he, he told the other guy, hey, Tony's here. Yeah, so I got over. you. I gotcha. Yeah. And this guy, this guy, this uh, ex-member of the band is the one that said to me when I talked to him, he's in a phone, he goes, I hey, man, we're looking for a new guitar player. You know anybody? Yeah, I Talk remember. What an awkward way to approach a situation. Talk about tone deaf, huh? What you do speaks so loudly that I cannot hear what you say. Yeah, I know. Oh. Crazy. This morning, I went so to more importantly, more importantly, I already know the answer to this question. How was the band? Awesome. Crazy, right? Crazy. I, I took a good friend with my with me to go see the show. He'd never seen them before. And he says, man, this is like listening to the albums with these guys. I said, yeah, that's what the deal is. It really is that. I was, who was I talking to yesterday? Oh, I got my hair cut yesterday. And this woman who's, I've only met her twice. Uh, we get, She's a big music fan, goes to all sorts of concerts. We got time to get the let out. And it's funny you just said about who you went with. I said to her, because I've probably seen him eight or nine times. 
at probably five different venues. And um, I said, my favorite thing to do now is to take people who've never seen them before. Yeah. And um, just kind of, you know, enjoy the band, but watch their reaction. It's amazing. So they opened up with rock and roll. Wow. Did they open with rock and roll last night? No. He he, he said that um, they always uh, do a different set list because, you know, they says we can't play all the songs, so we, we always change it up. So first of all, the idea that these guys know the entire catalog is insane in itself. Yeah. I heard a guy once tell me, and I haven't checked this, but I think they do, let's say they do 21 or 22 songs in a set. This guy said they have like 11 or 12 that they always do. And then they change in and out eight or nine every set. So it's never the same, which is amazing. Which is nice. Yeah. So um, they started off at nine o'clock and they didn't quit until 1130. Wow. They take a short little 15 minute break, but that's that's a lot of music. So then he was explaining how, you know, how they they explained that um, you're probably wondering why we don't look like Led Zeppelin. Right. You know, because uh, Led Zeppelin had three musicians on stage. But on the albums that you learn, all the songs that you learn, you need to listen to on the album, you know, you can't re- repro- reproduce that with only three no. people. So that's why we have right. six here. Kind of cool. And he said, I like you said, I like you said three musicians on stage. That's interesting because somebody going to watch this and go, that's not right. Three musicians and Robert Plant. Right. I like that. So he was, um, he was doing something. <laughs> Well, so this is funny, Robert Plant. So one of my new bucket lists, and I'm crossing a couple of bucket list concerts off my list this year. Yeah. Um, Robert Plant and the Band of Joy. Well, they're good. So he yeah. was kind of a folky guy before Led Zeppelin. Yeah. And he's revisiting it with a band called Band of Joy. And so if you look up on YouTube, Band of Joy put an album out in 2010, which is cool, really cool, folky stuff. And now they're doing folked out rock versions of Led Zeppelin tunes, and it is beautiful. So my new bucket bucket list is to see Robert Plant and the Band of Joy. But anybody watching doesn't have their 2010 album. It's spectacular. I've seen some videos of them playing, yeah. I think I, I think I actually saw a show on XSTV where there was like a whole show of um, the Band of Joy. But here's the deal. The, the guy, the singer from, from um, Get the Let Out. Yeah. Paul Sinclair is his name. Paul Sinclair. He was explaining why, you know, we don't look like Led Zeppelin. And then he said, now this guitar back here, and he mentioned his name, says, he looks like, um, who the second guitar player is on, on Aerosmith? Brad Whitman or something? Oh, Brad Whitford, yeah. So he says, he looks like him. And the guy starts playing a, a Aerosmith song. Yeah, yeah. It was cool, yeah. And was they've like, always changed up. They used to have a guitar player who I can still picture who looked a lot like Nikki Six from Motley Crue. Yeah. And uh, he looked just like a matter of fact. And so he would play off that. And he always calls himself, what's Howard Stern doing lead singing for this band? Because he looks a little like Howard Stern. He said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, so then uh, I went to see Foreigner. That, that was an awesome show, man. I bet that was amazing. Every single song that they played was a hit that you sing along with. I know. And there was a guy. And right you, don't know it to, you don't know it till you're there, right? No, and uh, I've seen him before, but uh, one guy behind me was singing. At first, I thought it was a woman because it was um, a really, really good singer. So I looked back, and it was a guy singing with a beard and stuff. I says, hey, man. I give him the, you know, the fist punch. He says, you're a good singer, buddy. This is like uh, I'm listening to stereo. I got the guy on the stage, and I got you behind me. It's awesome. 
said, no, I'm just trying. He says, no, you know all the lyrics, obviously. You, you speak, you, you sing it very well. You should do something like that. He says, yeah, yeah, I'm thinking about it. It was amazing. There's your singer for your new band. The singer. <laughs> the, saying. the singer. Hey, speaking of singers, you have a friend and I have an acquaintance whose birthday it is today. Oh, yeah. Oh, PB. I, I was trying to stump you, but no good. No, he's, he's a good man, that guy. I like that guy. Good old Paulo. That's awesome. So in his part, honor, I was cranking some of his album this morning. I actually listened to the almost, I listened to the whole thing this morning. Wow. Good stuff, yeah. I really am impressed with that whole album. Of course, we're talking about Paul Bettencourt. Paulo. Yes. Paulo flesh. I call him Paulo, but I don't know him well enough to shorten it, you know. So next to me, there's a little railroad track. And next to the railroad track, they, they put a nice trail over there for people to ride their bikes and whatever. Nice. I went for a walk there this morning. I didn't have a bike, but I was, went for a walk. And there was a lady riding her bike. And I said, Cow! I yelled out, Cow! She, she gave me the finger, you know, she didn't think that that was nice for me to say. And then within two seconds, boom, she plows right into a cow. I tried. Try to help her. <laughs> once in a while, once in a while, you get me. <laughs> so a good friend of mine had a, a tough day yesterday. Oh boy. First. <laughs> First, his um, ex-wife got hit by a bus, and then he loses his job as the bus driver. Oh. Boom. <laughs> wow. Crazy, huh? So you want to hear some interesting news? I think so. <laughs> you know the island of Santa Maria where I'm from in the Azores? Yes, the one surrounded by water? That one, yeah, yeah, right that there. That one. So the guys over there have been talking about it because, you know, America, America went to the moon. And they, yeah. they, they say, you know, sick and tired of America being the leader on everything. They're oh. going to go to the sun. They said they're going to go to the sun. Nice. And put them on the map, those Azores. So somebody said, uh, you can't go to the sun, man. You'll burn up. He goes, we're not stupid. We're going at night. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. Uh, we're not all stupid, am I? No. <laughs> We're not all stupid, am I? Jim Picard. So two of those guys were carpenters in the in the Azores, right? Tony and two Joe. Two which guys? Two which guys? The astronauts? Two of those guys, yeah. So, but back there, all they had was like, you know, regular tools, you know, saw and this and that. And they came right. to America and there's all these power tools. So over there for them to cut a two by four, it took them like seven minutes, you know, with a saw. And like, yeah. Come to America with an electric, electric charger. No, no problem at all. So they're, they're working like crazy. And then when the Tony kind of bent over, they could pick something up, and Joe missed with a saw and cut his ear right off. So Tony said, you stupid, you cut my ear off. He goes, hey, take it easy. We're in America. Probably over there in the sawdust. Get the ear, bring it to the hospital. They can put it right back on, no problem at all. So he's looking for the, so the thing. So he says, here's your ear right here. And, and Tony said, you stupid, mine, that's not my ear. Mine had a, a pencil on it. Wow, you've been writing. You've been writing this week. <laughs> Mine had a pencil on it. You know how you like um, those uh, famous quotes? Yes. This one, laughing at your mistakes can lengthen your life. Laughing at your wife's mistakes can shorten it. <laughs> wow, huh? So I enjoy, uh, as you know, I don't tell jokes when I speak and present. 
but I use a lot of humor. I might use that, but the truth is, but I like that first part, laughing at your mistakes can lengthen your life because I don't know, we got to relax and take ourselves a little less seriously. I think so, yeah. So I can work off that in a positive way and then throw the other piece in and be humorous around it. Laughing at your wife jokes can shorten it. Oh, I think I might use that. So I had uh, this thing where I was over at one of the famous stores. You know, I'm not going to mention the name because I don't want to, they're not paying for sponsorships. So I'm not going to mention their name. Well, not yet. Not yet. But um, I showed this guy in the area, there, the electronics area, a picture of my pride and joy. And just about everybody loves that. Yeah. But he looked at me like I was stupid for showing him that. I said, okay, no problem. He goes, yeah, I'm not into, I don't have a sense of humor. I said, you, you know, sorry to hear that, man. That's tough. It's, you know, the sense of humor is important. He goes, yeah, I'm not me. And I just, you know, I just want to live my life real. I don't want to be, you know, I said, okay, no problem. Sorry. But, you know, I've never had anybody do that to me before. It's amazing. That's shocking. So um, either I'm a jerk or he's just not a happy person. I don't know. I want to live my life real. I don't want to laugh at anything or. Yeah. That's a surprising story. It really is, yeah. So how do I listen to or, or watch uh, when you do those talks? Do you, do you record it? When you, when you speak at the colleges and stuff or? You know, it's funny. I have a lot of people asking me that. And so far, a lot of the Zoom stuff I've been doing is like been closed groups of people where Boston College sends me the link. Um, I do have a videographer who is doing some video of me in his studio and other events just for clips from my website. I'm doing a live event um, at the end of April for Rockland Trust Bank, but it's kind of an open forum where I can invite people. So that's going to get videotaped. Um, so we'll have to figure something out. When you do the Zoom meeting, do they create it or do you, or do you create it? Or just they do. They create it. And the last one I did was pretty small. It grew 15, 17 people. And I wasn't in a position where I could, you know, send it out to somebody else. It would have been a little. But um, I wonder the one I'm going to do in April, which is live, if my videographer, if we could figure out to live stream that, that would be cool. So, like, you know, when I when we do this, um, the Zoom meeting like this, after we're done, it actually saves the, 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 the video. Right. And then gives me a file. That's how I was able. That's how I'm able to put it on YouTube and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. And so that's theirs. I don't have access to that. But I could probably live stream the one I'm going to do live. That'd be interesting. I think you probably share it with you. They could probably put it on a, on a jump drive or something for you. Hmm. Hmm. What do you think I should charge you to watch it? What's a fair price? I think you can charge whatever you want. Whether or not you get paid or not is a different story. <laughs> that's a good point. How do you value yourself? Oh, boy. Laughing at yourself can and your mistakes can lengthen your life. <laughs> Laughing at your wife's mistakes can shorten it. Very good. That Very good. Wow. Too crazy. Oh, my goodness. Well, listen, we are looking at springtime up here. Yesterday in New England, it was 70 degrees and sunny. Nice. On March 18th. That's awesome. Spectacular. It's really hard to imagine. I mean, even the grass is starting to get that first little, like, look at how green that's getting, starting. It's hard to imagine snow after that. Is I'm not saying it's out of the question, but it feels like we're sliding into spring. Is the snow all melted away yet or no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah? All right. The night before that, it was 50 degrees overnight, which is unusual. So 
Wow. Yeah, snow's gone. Spring is in the air. Spring training in Major League Baseball is going on. All good. Very nice. Very exciting. Very exciting. Oh, I was down yesterday right near Polar Park, home of the – this is – some of the Worcester Red Sox, not these oh, guys, but triple, triple A. And there was a lot of construction changes going on in this area called Kelly Square, which is this rotary right off the highway on the way to the baseball park. Kelly Square is a funky place. Uh, it's There were five, one, two, three, four, five, six, five or six entries and exits into this rotary with no stoplights anywhere. Wow, that's cool. And, um, and there's so rarely an accident, it's, it's kind of funny. And so I remember taking my daughter, one of my favorite memories is teaching my daughter to drive. Uh, I remember taking her through Kelly Square, like, okay, let's have a little you know, baptism by fire. But um, what they did with Kelly Square was they made it a, from a rotary and they kind of made a double rotary, they called it a peanut. So you can cut, so it's, and, and um, I was wondering, wow, what buildings can get taken down? There's a couple of historical buildings, the Hotel Vernon, where our band played. They got a live music spot in the room in there called the Ship Room. Babe Ruth used to lease an apartment in this place and drink in the basement. And so I was like, they can't pull that down. And then out of nowhere, they start building a new building a year and a half ago during COVID. I'm like, what is going in here? And it's called the Worcester Public Market. And I met a friend there yesterday for lunch. And it was my first time in there. And it's a spectacular little place. You know, it's, it, the whole building comes to a point because it's on a, kind of a corner. But the Wachusett Brewing Company is in there selling their beer. You can sit there. You can sit outside the sidewalk. And there's kiosks of restaurants, everything from burgers, Mexican, Japanese, Italian, some other stuff I'd never even heard of, and Indian, and these fusion bowls. And there's an oyster bar opening up in two weeks. What a spectacular place. Nice. And it just confirms that for me, you know, I feel like Worcester's been going in the right direction for 15 or 20 years, but this is just another piece to it. And uh, really cool. But I really thought Wachusett Brewing Company, imagine these guys open up an area to sell. They, you can't buy retail and leave with like four packs to go home, but you can buy beer there. They have an old, like one of those 1950s public buses. That's the shape of this thing. And in that is the bartender with all the, Keg, uh, kegs and everything and plenty of places to sit plus out on the sidewalk and these guys are 150 yards from the ballpark where they bring in 9,000 people for a baseball game I'm like these guys are going to crush it you know and as a, as a friend of mine Brian I was having lunch with said you know after a baseball game everybody just wants to get out of the city and get home yeah. beforehand they want to get in there and have a drink somewhere it's this place is going to kill it it's amazing so so, you know, uh, you, you mentioned the rotary and there's no accidents. Up there, there are a lot of rotaries, so people are used to it. When you come down here. Well, yeah, it's, it's part of Massachusetts driving. I didn't grow up learning to drive in Massachusetts, but these rotaries, the rule is whoever is in the rotary has the right of way. Right. So you're coming into road, you're looking to your left, or there's a car, you're stopping. If there isn't, you're going because people on your right are watching for you. Yeah, but when you come, you come down, if you come down here and you go to Clearwater Beach, for example, there's a rotary there, but most of the people here aren't accustomed to driving those rotaries so that you can tell that they don't know what to do it's amazing yeah uh when i was young i went to the bahamas one time from bahama and i rented a car but they drive on the left side of the road over there you mean the wrong side 
the wrong side. Yeah, so I'm going down the wrong side like everybody else was. All of a sudden, I get to a rotary. With the, you know, it's a, you're going the wrong side on the rotary. On oh, opposite side rotor, I'd be confused too. My goodness. And the, one of the local natives there helped me with some new some of their own tobacco over there. So I'm coming into this rotary from on the left side of the road. On oh, their own tobacco, I get it. And you have to go around it, uh, you know, on the left. And there's people coming in. It was like it was crazy. I was like, whoa, what the heck is going on here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. They make their own tobacco in the Bahamas. I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> it was like two kids that were on a beach one day. I went with another couple, you know, Terry and I and another couple. And um, they, you know, the kids were, were cute and stuff and whatever. So this lady's walking by. She goes, man, you, you're really cute. And the kid must have been about nine years old or something. He goes, you want to get one, one of me? I can show you how to get one of me if you want. Like, whoa. <laughs> Nine years old. Nine years old. And the lady's like, huh? She didn't know how to respond to that. Yeah. What are you talking about, kid? Oh, so, hey. I was at this um, downtown Palm Harbor, Florida here. It's a historic area that where they had like a street art fair. A lot yeah. of the local, local artists had the tents with their own art and stuff. I like that. I'm walking down a thing with Terry. One of Terry's friends is with us. And as I'm walking down, you know, you walk at a leisurely, you know, speed or whatever. Yeah, you know. strong along, nice day. Yeah. And all of a sudden, about 15 feet from me was the um, the singer of Oyster Bone, who uh, was the orchestrator of the whole thing. Right. Anyway, how so long ago was this? This is like um, two weeks. Okay. So when he saw me, because he was like, he was walking with his wife, he was walking at a nice leisurely pace too, just like we were. But you realize all of a sudden there's no way to go to the next side of the, the other side of the road. So you know what he did? He actually put his shoulders back and increased his pace. Didn't look at me, he just goes, Mr. Cabral. He just kept walking. Didn't even say hi, didn't stop, nothing. Guilty conscious, you think? I'd say. Wow. It's funny when people get themselves in awkward situations. They behave all sorts of weird ways. That's an interesting one. So this one just sped up. I, I wish I could show it to the imitate the way he did it because it was so stupid and funny. But so this one just wouldn't even look at me, and the other one was hugging me all night long. I'm like, what the heck? Come on, man, get your shit together, boys. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's weird. So what's cooking today? That is weird. I got a list of things to get done today. I'm finishing up some stuff for taxes and. Um, the band may be rehearsing from three to five. We're still waiting to hear from Marco. Not sure. Um, I got to run around and do a few errands. And I got a little uh, scripting to do business-wise and job-wise. A couple of things to do there. And I got a good friend of mine. Oh, I'm so excited for her. She just got a, she's very excited about this job. She just got hired by a really large insurance company here in Mass. It's nationwide. And she's a corporate trainer. And um, so she is starting in a week or two and she is voraciously reading all she can on change management and she really wants to impress when she starts. She went through six interviews to get this job. Wow. And I was with her and her husband last night and I was telling her about a book and she didn't know it. Um, Patrick Lencioni or Patrick Lencioni has written a book called The Five Dysfunctions of a Team. 
and it's a spectacular book, but it's written in a novel form. And she didn't know it. And I'm like, you got to read this before. You know, if you're trying to read and collect information before this job. So I dropped it off to her. And uh, yeah, just kind of doing some running around. I kind of like these days with not a lot of stuff that I, you know, there's a list of stuff I want to get done and will get done, but there's not a lot of regimented like, it's not at all like a Monday through Friday. So I'm not impressed with that author. If all he could come up with was five dysfunctions of a team, he, he didn't do a good research. There's more than five. <laughs> so there are yeah. more than five. He should have called this, well, let me show you here. He should have called this top five dysfunctions of a team by patrick i've heard him he calls himself lencioni i said lencioni but i saw him present at a convention out in omaha a couple of years ago and he was the keynote and he was excellent and i had heard of him by another friend of mine who presents on a lot of his material but i wasn't familiar with him and he was terrific huh. cool. you would enjoy him i'm sure he's all over youtube or something huh. i'll have to check it out that's my day. What do you got going? We got rain in 50s today after yesterday's sun in 70s. Yeah. Uh, I think we're, we're good here. I think, let me see. What do you got going on? Well, it's, it's cold over here today. It's 68. That is cold. I know you're not being facetious and rubbing oh, no. in. That's cold. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. It's 88. No, it's 75 right now. Oh. It was 68 when we started this a half hour, and now it's 75. Well, you're throwing some heat that way. It's all the hot air being produced by this podcast, I think. Oh, but um bump. I need some sound effects on my end. <laughs> so when, oh. I started doing, when I started doing the podcast originally. Oh, originally. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I bought this this tool. Hmm. It has all the sound effects. Oh. You can put four microphones on it. And it, it records the uh so I would actually do it with a with a microphone. And my partner had a microphone. And then all that would go into an SD card. You think of the SD card and you have uh, the audio and all that stuff. But the video I had was from a different camera that I have a zoom camera. So now I had to bring up the video from the zoom. Which had audio on it, huh. and I had to detach the audio, detach the audio from from the from the SD card on this thing. And if you don't think that was a, a, a challenge for me to figure out how to do that, oh my god! I don't think it was. You're very techy. Very techy, and I look I look techy, don't I? Well, that's why you um you do the editing of the podcast and uploading it, and that's why you have larger revenue shares than I do because there's extra work you do besides just the on screen stuff. I know, but this way, the way that we do it now, where I do a Zoom and then uh, it just records it, I have to put it into another another software thing to put in the uh, intro and the outro and all that stuff in our music. Oh, I know. Thing. I know. So it's again, um, that's why your share of revenue splits are, are greater than mine. But I understand. Is, I yeah. do. You know, and I, I don't like taking a bigger chunk of it, but I deserve it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's important to believe in yourself and have confidence. Well, absolutely. I mean, I'm not all stupid, am I? You're not all stupid, am I? <laughs> oh, my goodness. What do you got going on today down in the beautiful state of Florida besides 75 degrees? Oh, I'm just going to take a nice uh, 
leisurely afternoon. Terry's got a class that she's teaching today. In in home or outside? You're not getting kicked out of the house today, are you? In home. She's doing it in home. Not really. Well, you are getting out. kicked out. I, I choose to leave because. Uh, I I like that. I choose to leave. Yeah, just to make everybody feel more comfortable if I'm not here. Because if she's doing, if she's teaching a class and then she does a great job doing it, right? If I, I'm near the room where she's at, I always have to go in there and tell a couple of jokes. You know how I am. It ruins the whole thing. I do know how you are. <laughs> you just reminded me of a comedian who I got turned on to recently. You know Bill Barr? I love Bill Barr. I didn't know this guy. I saw the SNL. Anybody watching, if you haven't seen this, SNL did a parody commercial for Sam Adams. Yeah, that was Jacko Pumpkin Ale, the, the Halloween pumpkin flavored ale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in it. And I'm like, who is this guy? And a friend of mine is like, oh, I love him. So I started YouTube and everything. This guy is cutting edge and really clever and really genius around a lot of the racial stuff like Dave Chappelle is. Really cool. But one of his lines, you just reminded me about about I choose to leave. So I think that's smart. You already took your walk this morning. That was good. <laughs> Cal. So you got that you got that crossed off. Cal. <laughs> so you have a leisurely afternoon. Oh, so speaking of walking, here's my last story. Serious note, because you know I love to walk. I mean, you know, years and years ago, I used to run, but that was decades ago, and I've been bone on bone in one of my knees for 30 years, but no pain. And so walking is my thing. Like I'll put my earbuds in. As much as I love music, I'm usually listening to a podcast. So it's my learning time. And then walking is also partly some of my exercise. And quite frankly, it's also therapy for me. It's just good to just go. Yeah. And oftentimes I'll put like a backpack on with some waters and um, I usually pack a little bit of food if I run into some homeless people or something, but I can get out there and go. And a year ago, I started having some pretty significant pain in my knee, and I went and saw uh, this, my, my ortho guy. He did my shoulder surgeries. I had have, I have both shoulders done, rotator cuff, and they're phenomenal. So I went and saw this guy because all he does is shoulders and knees. And uh, he took an x-ray of my knee, and he said, the average person with that knee would not be able to walk from their car into my office. And this was like eight months ago, and I'm like, Wow. He says, but you're healthy and you exercise a lot and, you know, kudos to you, but it's inevitable you're getting a knee replacement. I'm like, oh, and he goes, let's see, we can delay this as long as we can with a steroid shot and um, it'll be symptom driven. I go, okay. So he gave me a steroid shot end of last summer and it's supposed to take about a week and it was unbelievable. I mean, it just takes the inflammation out and I was uh, like a bionic man for the next three months. I went back for another shot at the end of November and I was great for eight weeks out of 12, but the last four weeks, which is all of February, were miserable. Mm. And so I saw him two, three weeks ago, and he goes, let's give you another one. And it didn't even touch it. But he said, and that's when I was under the impression that he'd be doing this surgery. And he was picking up on my misunderstanding. He says, just so you know, I'm not the guy who does this surgery. I'm like, oh, I was initially disappointed because I love this guy and I hold him in very high esteem. And he says, I do like the meniscus tears, but you don't want me doing that. You need Dr. Mandel for that. I said, okay. That's his partner. And he says to me, you want to meet Dr. Mandel uh, just for a consult sooner than later? Because you're going to meet him eventually. That's what he said to me. <laughs> so 
So I met this doc last Friday and had the consult and he'd seen the x-ray and really good guy, young guy. Um, I say young guy, I don't know, 40. This is all he does. And so I basically left that appointment with a prospective date for surgery this June to get this knee done. Because at this point, I mean, I can't walk. I mean, as it is, I'm limping around and hobbling around for work. So the idea of going out for a walk walk is just not there. So I'm looking forward to getting this done. It's significant uh, and the recovery is significant, but it, 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 it solves all the problems in terms of all the pain. So I'm definitely on the younger side of knee replacement surgery, but it is what it is. He's like, you know, you're kind of out of options. So that's happening sometime, hopefully June. This is a funny story. So he does these surgeries at uh, the hospital here in Worcester. And there's a surgical center over in Shrewsbury. And so I asked him like, what's the hospital stay? Am I home that day? Am I spending the night? Not that I really care, but he said, well, it depends. Like if you're first thing in the morning, you're home that day. But if you're later, you could stay over unless I do your surgery at the surgical center, because that's not a hospital. You have no choice. You're going home that day. I do two a day over there. And I'd rather see you over there. And I didn't quite figure out why, but I, he, I was a better fit in that location. He goes, I'm over there Mondays. So he leaves and he says, I'm going to send in my assistant. She runs my schedule. She runs my life. She's going to take care of this. And so I had a little time to myself in the office. I'm thinking, all right, the first Monday in June, oh, incidentally, I had this cortisone shot recently that didn't touch the pain, but he said, because of the cortisone shot, we can't do the surgery for three months because the cortisone that's in there increases your chance of infection. Like, all right, so first Monday in June is June 6th, and I start looking at my calendar that week, and I realize, oh my gosh, on June 7th, Tuesday, Lynn and I are going to see early birthday present to me. Paul McCartney at Fenway Park. Whoa. Which is amazing to me because, as you know, now I'm a Beatles fan, like crazy Beatles fan. And I've never seen a concert at Fenway Park ever. So I'm like, well, I'm not missing that. So she walks in. She says, so we're looking at 6-6. And I go, can we look at 6-13? And she's like, nope. I thought she was joking. I'm like, I thought he did Mondays. She goes, he does Mondays once a month over there. So I'm like, oh, I kind of have a commitment on the 7th. And, uh, you know, she's right in our age group. And so uh, she's like, oh, gosh. And I go, all right, here's the deal. I'm going to see Paul McCartney at Family Park. <laughs> and she's like, oh. and then she's, I can see her like thinking. And then she's like her gears are turning. She's like, I got a great idea. And she's like, I can rearrange the surgeon's schedule. So he'll be over there. And the, she goes, I think I can pull this off. I'll call you. So I haven't heard back yet. But needless to say, I'm getting this knee surgery done in June and I am anxious to get to it and get to the side of this and do the PT and all the exercises and get out of pain and start walking again. So long story, but I'm excited about it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, uh, you yeah. mentioned Bill Barr. He was on the Conan show a lot, a lot. And That's the best. If you go to YouTube clips, just Bill Barr Conan, because Conan can't contain himself. He laughs so oh, hard. It's crazy. Yeah. And it's oh, crazy. that's the funniest part. Yeah, I love those. And he's just, Bill Barr's just there with the straight face, just telling these stories about this is how I'm thinking about this. And Conan has to turn away. He's laughing so hard. Like, and Bill Barr, he'll come right up to this line of like, oh, he's about to get really inappropriate. And he'll just turn it 
He, it's yeah. amazing how he does this. He's it's really good. He's merciful with that stuff. And, and rather than try, I mean, I wouldn't do it justice by repeating his stuff, but just YouTube, Conan, Bill Barr, it is unreal. Yeah. <laughs> you were a fan of um, Stephen Wright? Yes, although it seems to me like he fell off the face of the earth. I haven't seen anything or heard anything for years. Yeah. He was big for a long time, but that was decades ago with his... That's unusual way of thinking. It was fascinating. How about Mitch Hedberg? You know Mitch? I don't. I know the name. I know nothing of his stuff. Yeah, he died. He was kind of cutting edge over the line. That was my impression. Yeah, but he was one of those guys that um, was all like one-liners. But usually the comedians have like a theme that they're talking about. Like a Rodney Dangerfield kind of thing, one-liners? Yeah, but he, he, he says stuff like other comedians were amazed by him because he'd go up there with no, um, you know, like – like when I did that one show there, I had um, nine different subjects that I was going to talk about, and each one was about you know five, seven minutes or whatever. But this guy would just talk about anything. Like he'll say stuff like, uh, "So the good thing about escalators is that they never break. If they break, they just become steps. Well, they come become stairs or whatever it is." So one time uh, he was out of his apartment in California, right? And I guess he was listening to his music too loud, so somebody's banging on the door on the wall. You know, trying to get him the thing down, he goes, "You gotta go around. There's no wall in this. Uh, there's no door in this wall. You gotta go around, right?" So after a few times of that, somebody actually knocked on his door. He opened the door, and there was a comedian that he knew that they had done stuff with together together, but they didn't know that they were neighbors like that. He said, "Hey, it's you. That was a great line. You, you gotta use that one. <laughs> you gotta go around." <laughs> yeah, he was amazing. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. That's funny. I was down in Connecticut this week. I had to go to Connecticut Sunday night. And I was down there for three days of training, work stuff, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I was leaving Sunday at five or six o'clock in the, in the afternoon. We call it afternoon now because it's daylight saving. So it's light until seven o'clock now. So I was thinking, what can I do with the keeper on Sunday just to have some fun? Yeah. And so, uh, well, I found a really cool brunch restaurant. I surprised with the whole day. She just said, I get in the car and it's all surprise. So we found this really cool spot for brunch in Boston, in the South End. And I bought tickets to this really cool small theater in Arlington. I've been there. I've seen King's X there twice, but it's a small mm -hmm. old timey theater. And I bought tickets to an Elvis impersonator show. She's a huge Elvis fan. She's got no idea what this is. We get into the theater. Somehow I got her past the marquee without knowing what we were doing. And there was no posters inside the lobby about this show. And so we sit down and we're early. It's like 1.30 for a two o'clock show. And people start showing up and she, I could see her brain. You know, I mean, I, I love this woman's brain. I can see this brain kind of working, looking around. And people start showing up and they are way older than us. And she's like, what on earth is this? <laughs> and more and more of them showed up. And um, the only thing on stage, this guy had like almost cardboard cutouts of like the old orchestra band with like the little people sitting back there playing different instruments, yeah. almost cartoon-like. And there was an acoustic guitar on stage and she's like, what is going on? And so then this voiceover comes over, introduces this guy, Doug Church is his name, if you want to Google him, and mentions Elvis. And they start this soundtrack that he just sang along to. And he walks out. He's got the white suit on with the flared out things and the white boots, sequins everywhere. 
the perfect big black hair, these glasses. He looked just like him. He comes out and he's got the strut down and he's walking to the edge of the stage and pointing at the audience. It's all women and they're all 80. <laughs> and I was just, it's almost like get the let out. Like when you go with someone new, you just want to watch them. I'm watching her and she's like, Oh, like, what are we watching? This is unbelievable. And by the second song, these two old women jump into the aisle and they walk down to the stage. This guy reaches in because he's got the cut thing down like this, you know, and he reaches in and he starts to pull out one of the scarves he has on. Like Elvis did. And they pull the scarf out and I look at her and her hands are over her mouth and she just Laugh, she cannot get over what we're at. And this guy went about an hour and 30 minutes straight through, and he sounded it was amazing. And then Lynn Googled him afterwards, and this guy's like world ran as the, as the impersonator who sounds the most like Elvis. He's been worldwide. It's a ton of fun. Oh. Ton of fun. And what something was really interesting that I thought was cool that separated him. He's like, here's a song we're gonna do that Elvis never sang, but he would have. Because the song didn't exist when he was alive. It was a, it was a oh, song yeah. by Alabama. And he did it, and I'm like, wow, Elvis would have done that. And then he did another song that was certainly a uh, spiritual faith-based song. I forget the name of it. It was called Two Hands, I think. And um, as you probably know, Elvis is only, I forget the awards, the gold records, the big ones, the three he ever had were only gospel albums. That were all his awards, were all the gospel stuff he did. Right, right, right. And this was a beautiful, touching song. And he goes, Elvis didn't do this one either, but he would have. And I'm like, what an interesting take on an Elvis impersonator. And he did a great job of it. And ton of fun. And uh, it was it was a great, it was great fun. Yeah. Elvis impersonator. So you, I, you know my friend uh, Gary Dubendorfer, right? Yeah, I know the name. I don't think I've ever met him, but you've talked about him for years. Yeah, he's a great guy. I think I talked to him on the phone one day, didn't I? Yeah, he's a great guy, and he also is a good singer. Anyway, he was having a, a Christmas party at his house, so he invited me. And I'm, you know, talking to everybody there and stuff. And then this one guy walks in, and um, Gary says, hey, Tony, you got to come meet this guy. I told him all about you. He was, he's dying to meet you. So I go over, and he introduced himself. His name was Elvis, Elvis something. I said, Elvis, you got my wife's underwear. I want it back. There was like, you know, 20 people in the kitchen there. And everybody just fell out laughing. He was like, what the heck? I said, <laughs> so Gary says, see, I told you, you got to watch out for him. <laughs> oh, Gary's there with you, even better. Yeah. My wife's underwear, I want it back. Yeah, but Gary said to, Gary said to that guy, Elvis says, I told you about Tony, you got to watch out for him. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. That's funny, yeah. Wow. That well, we're, a good coming, time. we're coming up to the time where Terry's class is starting, so I got to... We got to jump. I'm out of stuff yeah. anyway. I talked about up. Elvis. What else is there? I talked about the king. We finished right there. Yeah, we have to... 24 in the books. Wow. Great stuff, man. See you next week, pal. You are the best. You are. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> That was perfect. That was way off on my end. No, it was good. I like a measure early. All right, buddy. I'll have this on uh, up, up and running tonight. I look forward to it. Pal. I appreciate you, man. Have a great day. I'll talk to you soon. See you. Take care.